Hey y'all, it's Nathan Resnick from Sourceify, and today we've got another epic guest on e-commerce on tap. This is a show about the entrepreneurs, creators, and agencies that make up the e-commerce world and the stories behind how they grew. Crack your brew because here comes another amazing episode. Hey, what's up? Welcome to e-commerce on cat on tap. Today we have another epic guest, Ryan Garrett. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on e-commerce on tap. How's your day going? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's going great. Amazing. Well, you know, before we dive into FBA Ford and how you got started on Amazon, I really want to understand, you know, your background. You know, where did you grow up? What was your, your family dynamic like? You know, tell me more about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up in Fresno, uh, Central California. I'm the oldest of, of seven kids. Um, and so I grew up in a pretty crazy household always uh, looking for something to do and, you know, something to, to get into trouble with, with all my brothers. Um, but, but yeah, that's basically it. Kind of grew up here in California, went to school in Idaho, uh, did a service mission out in South Africa for a couple of years wow. uh, and, and ended up here in, in San Diego, ultimately for uh, law school and an MBA program. Oh, amazing. That's incredible. I can only imagine a household with uh, seven siblings. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, you know, moving on, like, what was your first experience with with Amazon? I mean, was that before you went to law school or was that after? You know, what was your first experience? Yeah, so it actually started way back in uh, 2005. Um, I had a friend in high school then that was making, uh, you know, six figures a year selling stuff. He He was telling me about this site called Alibaba you know, way back mm-hmm. 15 years ago almost and was, was importing stuff and selling it using a drop shipper telling me how great it was. Right. Um, and so I looked into selling on eBay and Amazon. Then uh, I remember I actually had a few books that my dad said he didn't want anymore and, and kind of got into it then and started selling stuff around the house. My mom had to, you know, pull things away from me to make sure I didn't sell everything we owned. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I was basically, you know, I think I was a, a junior in high school back then when uh, wow. when I really started getting into e-commerce. That's epic. I mean, I can only imagine how much the interface has changed since 2005. I mean, you look at some of the old photos or even that, you know, photo that surfaced pretty recently of Jeff Bezos in his, uh, you know, Amazon office where he's got Amazon spray painted on the wall. And, and now look at where they're at today. I mean, it's really incredible. So t- talk to me more, you know. You went to law school and, and got your MBA. What was the decision behind that? And, and did you go straight from undergrad to law school or did you, did you work in between? Um, so I worked a little bit. I did some tax accounting. Uh, that was all right. My undergrad degree was in accounting. Um, tax really wasn't for me, at least on the kind of tax preparation. I thought tax law or corporate law might be a better fit. Um, so I went uh, you know, to USD. Uh, to get the joint JD MBA, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great degree, but super, super expensive. So, you know, kind of during the, the first year, I was talking with my wife, I was like, hey, I've got to get something going on the side that, that can produce us, you know, some sort of income to, to offset these tuition right. and cost of living in San Diego. And so that's when, uh, when I really got back into to selling online on, on Amazon. Got it. That's incredible. So, what do you mind talking about some of the first products that you were selling, and how'd you, uh, you know, decide to sell those? Yeah. So I, you know, look, read around online, and I, I found out about retail arbitrage, and so we ended up going, me and my wife, and we'd hit up all the WalMarts and Targets 
and just clear out their clearance sections. Uh, and that lasted for a couple months, but I realized there was no way to scale it. Right. Um, and, you know, I really needed to to start making my own products or, or importing at, or at very minimum do some wholesale type stuff. So I found a few wholesale products, did that. And then I was like, you know, I can make a, a copy of this. No problem. So the very first product I ever bought uh, from China in bulk was a fabric shaver. Wow. Uh, and, and I had no idea what they were. You know, I, I thought they were selling well on Amazon. I'd never heard of them. And uh, I, I bought 2,000 of them and, you know, kind of felt a little crazy. My wife told me I was crazy. But yeah, 2,000, I feel like, is uh, more than what most people start with. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we blew through those first 2,000 units in about a month and a half. And I was like, you know, this is, uh, this is going somewhere. That's epic. That's incredible. And so, you know, now you, you run FBA Forward and it's one of the, you know, go-to freight forwarding companies that helps people handle their Amazon logistics. Talk to me about, about that process in terms of starting FBA Forward and, and kind of re- realizing that gap that you're filling on the market right now. Yeah. So what happened was, uh, you know, I, I launched the fabric shavers, got into a few more products, um, and I was paying a ton in shipping, you know, all the kind of experts and, and coaches out there at that time, they were telling people to, to use air express and, you know, just DHL it straight to Amazon. Right. Um, well, well, one of my suppliers said, Hey, you should really look into sea shipping. And she kind of walked me through it, um, and helped me out a ton. And, and and my shipping costs ended up being about 90% cheaper than when I was using, uh, you know, FedEx or UPS, whatever it was before. Um, but it was a huge headache. And, and, you know, the logistics industry, finding a customs broker, it was, it was a huge pain. Um, and I was like, man, you know, it's worth the 90% savings over the air freight or, right. the, or the air express. But there's got to be a better way. There's got to be someone that can just handle this whole thing, you know, I want to just wash my hands of the entire shipping process. Right. At that time, there wasn't anyone. This is back in you know 2013, 2012, maybe even. There wasn't anyone doing that that was really you know Amazon focused or or willing to kind of walk beginners uh, through the whole process and explain what was going on. There's a ton of you know kind of shady business and and hidden fees uh, in the logistics industry, and so that's when uh, when I realized, hey, there's an opportunity here, and so. Started for, you know, I was doing it for myself, did it for a few friends, um, just bringing stuff into my garage and, uh, and it started to kind of snowball and that's when we're like, all right, let's get a warehouse and let's, uh, you know, bring an in-house customs department. And uh, so that's pretty epic. You started literally, you know, as a service in your garage for other people. That's incredible. Yeah. It, it was. We uh, we definitely got some looks from the neighbors. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're pulling pulling pallets into the garage. You know, jam packed. But uh, but That's it worked incredible. out. I mean, that just goes to show. You know, the entrepreneurial journey doesn't have to start with a you know big investment. You can utilize what you have and grow from there. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. I think we started with a thousand dollars. Is is what we kind of put in uh, to to get up here. That is amazing. And so, talk me through. You know. The, the process that you guys go through for most of your users to uh, set their products up to be ready to be fulfilled by Amazon. Yeah. So, so like I was saying, I was really frustrated with the whole industry when I was first starting out. And so we wanted to take that and really, you know, flip it around. And so at FBA forward, we try and be a one-stop shop 
for completely outsourced logistics. Basically, uh, you know, a seller will come to us. They'll say, hey, I'm having a product manufactured in China. Here's my supplier's email address. Get it all the way to, to Amazon FBA warehouse for me. And, and that's where we'll take over. We'll reach out. We'll, we'll contact the supplier. We'll set up the shipment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of shop around, make sure that we've got uh, some great shipping rates, uh, send out a quote for approval, get the goods, you know, trucked to the port in China, put on a boat, brought through to, to Southern California here where our customs team will, will clear it through customs. And then we can bring the goods down into our warehouse, go through every single box, make sure that everything is compliant with uh, Amazon's FBA standards so really? that you know, your account doesn't get banned or anything. Um, and then we've got some great storage rates. And so we typically will we'll bring in large shipments, store them in our warehouse and slowly feed them uh, into Amazon as inventory levels run got well. Got it. And do you guys have any you know, MOQ levels in terms of what someone has to ship through FBA Ford or what's that kind of dynamic like? Because I'm sure there's you know, got to be some some fixed costs around what you guys do. Yeah, you know, we, we don't have any MOQ. We have a minimum order charge of $300. Um, smaller shipments than that really don't make sense to be using an outside right. service. Right. We like I to mean, tell people, hey, if this is your very first ship. Even $300, that's a super low entry point for anyone to get started. I mean, that's great. Yeah, definitely. And we like to tell people, look, if this is your first shipment and it's a couple hundred units, air express it to your house. And, you know, get your hands on the product and, and see what we're doing. And then when your shipments are bigger, you'll really appreciate the service we provide later. Right. Once you've done it for yourself once, then then once is usually enough. Got it. That makes sense. So, you know, walk me through the kind of dynamic right now that you see on Amazon. I, I mean, we work with so many different factories around the world at, at Sourceify that all these factories are starting to ask us, you know, how do we sell directly on these marketplaces? You know, how do we go direct to consumer? Because they'll produce these products for Amazon sellers or Shopify stores, and they'll see the margin that those sellers are running, and they'll want to get in on that margin. And so, you know, have you been hit up by any factories that want to sell directly on Amazon? Uh, you know, every once in a while we do. We've got a handful of uh, Chinese clients that are that are manufacturers and and do some decent volume. Uh, through us, but you know the same challenges that that plague the Chinese sellers, they see, they can't seem to get around them. You know, you can definitely ch tell if a listing is written uh, by a non-native English speaker. Right. Um, you know, kind of their marketing tactics, a few things like that. Uh, I think is where they struggle to compete. So that's one way that you know our sellers definitely can can differentiate. Is through you know writing good listings in in obviously you know great English and, and marketing to the right crowd. Right. Uh, it really help, helps them set themselves apart. And wanna, those are actually services that we offer. Oh, nice. That's amazing. I'm going to ask about that later in terms of how you think someone should write a good listing. But I want to dive into this question because we get it so much around protecting IP. And I think one of the kind of scariest things about you know, you as an e-commerce entrepreneur, if you go out and tell your factory and teach your factory how to ship directly to, to Amazon FBA, then what stops them from shipping their own products to Amazon FBA and becoming a competitor of yours? And so that's something you've got to understand. You know, if you don't use a FBA forwarding service, then you're going to, you know, potentially face that problem where you're creating competition for yourself amongst these factories. And so, you know, for, for FBA forward and for you guys, Ryan, it sounds like you guys are really kind of 
able to protect someone's IP in some sense by handling the kind of specifications that Amazon requires in their shipments. Is that what, is that how you would see it or? Yeah, definitely. So there's actually, um, there's two camps here. And so we have a lot of customers that say, Hey, like, I don't want my supplier knowing everything about Amazon, how to prepare it, how to ship here. Um, and, and that's one side of things. Uh, the other side, once you get to a certain level on Amazon, Amazon will actually start, uh, or at least they'll offer to handle your shipping for you. Um, and, and obviously you still have to pay Amazon for that. Uh, but that's a whole nother game where all of a sudden you're giving Amazon your factory details, your pricing details. Right. Um, and, and then you see Amazon go straight to the factory and, and, and cut you out. Right. And so exactly. there's both sides of that coin that, that we really help, you know, protect um, the seller, no matter what level they're, they're operating at. What's the typical, uh, do you know what the typical minimum, you know, kind of volume that someone has to be doing on Amazon for Amazon to say, Hey, you know, we can start handling your shipments for you. Cause I, I remember if I recall, Amazon started creating some of their own, uh, freight forwarding services. Yeah. So they've got a general freight forwarding service that I believe they're going to be launching. Uh, I think a couple more years they still have, uh, before that they roll that out. Um, but the, the sellers that we have that Amazon has reached out to, they're very, very large, you know, top 1000 Amazon sellers. Got it. It's, so so you've got to be doing, you know, dozens of containers a year before Amazon is, uh, willing to offer those services. Right, that makes sense. That's interesting. So diving back into actually creating the listings on Amazon, what are some keys you look for to create a, a very, you know, marketable listing? Uh, I'll be 100% honest with you, Nathan. I'm not the, the listing expert here. We, we've got a whole team that handles that. Um, and, and when they go about doing that, they'll do a lot of research on, on competing products, find out what sets this product apart. Um, and then they'll do a lot of keyword research to make sure that they're getting the right keywords in there, um, but that it doesn't sound super spammy and, and you know, just like a keyword stuffed title or, or got listing. It, got it. So I know I know a lot of our listeners right now they're they're you know first time e-commerce entrepreneurs or they're just getting started and, and very interested in selling on Amazon. If you were gonna go start selling a, a new product on Amazon, walk me through your decision process in terms of how you're gonna analyze and see what product you want to start selling. Um, yeah, that's a it's a great question. I think it's a, a we can go pretty deep with this, but I, I think most people out there use some sort of tool like a Jungle Scout. Um, that can help look at sales volume for, for similar items. Um, I think the most important thing is to, you know, find a, find a product that's selling well, it's not overly brand dependent, and then really look at how you can differentiate from all the other listings out there. Um, you know, a great way to do that is through uh, awesome product photography. And we've got an in-house photographer that, that does some great work. And we've seen, you know, having, you know, multiple images. A lot of people will just put two or three images, but you can get a ton of images in there um, that really set your product apart and show why you're different than the competition. Um, so, you know, finding finding products that, that you can differentiate, uh, seeing, you know, making sure that you can hit the correct price points and things like that, um, and then getting it to Amazon. And, and people are, our customers that are first-time sellers are honestly blown away with how, almost how easy it is to start selling on Amazon and how fast inventory starts to move. If you really 
you know, put the work in to get it set up right. Right. That's amazing. And, and so now that you have that product picked, what's the next step you're going to take in terms of, you know, let's say you can source your product through Sourceify. You got the product sourced. It's at the factory floor. It needs to be shipped. What's your next step? You know, walk us through the process with uh, FBA Ford. Yeah. So we typically like people to reach out a little bit earlier. So most, most products in China have about a 30 day lead time. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you've put that order in and they've started production in the factory, that's when we like uh, to be contacted. So you can reach out to us. There's a ton of different ways to contact us on our website and start working with our sales team. They can get you some estimates on, uh, you know, customs duties and on shipping and, and what it's going to cost ultimately to, to get your product landed at the Amazon warehouse. Um, so yeah, that would be the next step would just be to reach out and, and start getting some quotes. Got it. That's awesome. And so I want to talk, you know, touch briefly on the future of e-commerce. I mean, it's grown so much the past 10 years. Where do you think it's heading in terms of, you know, you started yourself doing kind of a inventory arbitrage and there's a lot of drop shipping entrepreneurs out there as well. What, what do you think of that dynamic be, behind you know, people that are arbitraging products, people that are drop shipping, and people that are actually creating their own products. Uh, you know, it's nothing comes easy, right? And so those things, the the retail arbitrage, the drop shipping, sometimes it's just too easy. And when it's too easy, you know, tons of people will come in and, and just cut margins away until they're nothing. Um, that being said, I think we can all agree e-commerce isn't going anywhere. It's just going to keep growing. Um, you know, just the convenience of being able to shop and buy things online. And especially as Amazon gets stuff delivered faster and faster. Um, you know, there's definitely opportunities and I keep, I know I keep coming back to it, but as long as you can differentiate yourself from the competition, right. You know, e-commerce isn't going anywhere and it's something that you can really use to, uh, to be a tool to, to build a business around. Right. Exactly. What, what are, do you mind touching on some of, you know, your your kind of favorite product categories on Amazon or where do you, what what are some product categories you think someone could get started in? Yeah. So like I, like I said earlier, a lot of these courses and coaches and things, they like the, the home and kitchen categories. uh, And because of that, they seem super overcrowded. Um, A lot of people still haven't caught on to just the ginormous cost savings of, you know, sea freight and ocean shipping. Um, so honestly, I tell people bigger, the better find a big product that's oversized because that limits your competition. Right. Um, we'll get you some great shipping rates and then find something a little bit more expensive. If you can find an oversized product that sells for, you know, a hundred to $150, right. you only need to make one or two sales a day to really be successful. Got it. Yeah, that's that's incredible, huh? It's so interesting to me to see just the rise of this this industry. And in terms of like you know, like you're saying, the competition in some product categories. What do you look for that that kind of scares you away? Where if you're trying to sell in a product category, you look at it and you're like, oh, like I don't think that's worth my time to go against this competition. You know, do you have any like typical parameters that you look at? Yeah. Um, so one would be if something's very brand dependent. You know, like if you go into like clothing or shoes or something like that, people want the brand names there. You're not going to be able to go in and compete with a Nike or Adidas or something like that. Um, Another thing is if you just something personally that I look for, if I do a search for for a main keyword 
and nothing on the front page has less than 500 reviews, mm -hmm. uh, it's probably overcrowded. It's probably, you know, those people have been there for a while or they're, you know, somehow paying for a ton of reviews. There's not a lot of room to get in there. So, right. um, I want to touch on, uh, you mentioned paying for reviews. Are there still a lot of black hat strategies that happen on Amazon? Um, I'm sure there are. I think as long as, as Amazon and e-commerce exist, there's going to be uh, black hat stuff. And, and Amazon is, it seems like they're always improving, always trying to catch those things, which is great. Uh, you know, obviously we want to level playing field. Um, I don't know. I, and honestly, I don't even sell anymore. Right. Uh, running FBA forwards, taking all my time. So yeah. I'm not super in tune with, with everything going on there, but I, I guarantee you there's some stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just super interesting to see that dynamic. I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy to see people be able to jack up the reviews like that or jack up the listings like that. And, you know, it definitely makes the playing field uh, a bit unfair or just, you know, not the way it should be in some sense. And I, I think, like you said, Amazon's crack, cracking down on that, but it's going to be a struggle to really, for them to optimize the best way to, to handle that. Yeah. But, but it is. Go for it. It is, it is way better than it was, you know, a year and a half ago when they when they kind of did the first sweep of, of getting rid of those incentivized reviews. And so right, right. the harder they make it, the, the less and less people will do it. Got it. So I want to talk also about selling across channels. I mean, there are a lot of different marketplaces out there like Wish.com and Top Hatter and a few other ones that are rising or even just eBay. What, what do you think about, you know, e-commerce entrepreneurs that are selling across channels? And do you have any recommendations in terms of, terms of managing that from a logistics standpoint? Um, yeah, so obviously there's a ton of channels out there. Um, none of them are as good as Amazon uh, consistently, mm -hmm. but you know certain products do well and sometimes even better on on different channels. I think the first channel that that we typically recommend is building your own website using like a Shopify or Big Commerce type right. store. Uh, I think that that really helps with branding yourself, branding your products and, and, you know, instill some faith in, in the brand that you have. Um, and then obviously, like you said, eBay, uh, not as big as it once was, but still has, you know, some pretty decent sales and, and some other up and rising ones. Uh, as far as logistics on that, you know, works out the same, get it on a boat, get it as cheap as you can to the U S uh, we offer fulfillment services. Uh, so we can ship out. Uh, Amazon also offers kind of third-party fulfillment. They'll ship for, for some of those platforms, but some of them will not allow you to have Amazon doing your fulfillment. Uh, some of Amazon's bigger direct right. competitors like Walmart. Right. Yeah, it's, that's super interesting. I mean, that's why I guess they could keep some inventory uh, in FBA Ford and you guys can act as a 3PL service, right? Exactly. Nice. That's a good setup. That's cool. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, one last question here. If you, you know, were to start an e-commerce company tomorrow, what would you do and how would you get started? Walk us through that process real quick. Yeah, so if I was going to start a new uh, new product or, or a new brand tomorrow, um, you know, I'd go through that product research. Like I said, uh, the, the most successful customers that we're seeing right now that are just launching are kind of finding the bigger, heavier more expensive items. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'd start, you know, start doing some research on Amazon, see what's selling well, 
Uh, and then I think what you've got to do is, is build a brand, uh, you know, come up with, or if you're not good at it, pay someone to come up with a good brand name, a good logo, get that website up with some products uh, and really, really build that out. Uh, you know, have someone or manage yourself, your, your social media accounts, get some followers, you know, network like crazy. Um, and as you do that, you know, it really helps build that audience. Uh, you know, so apart from, from picking the product, you know, finding a, a decent niche, really somewhere that you can uh, set yourself apart from the competition. Like I said, probably bigger, heavier, more expensive uh, are some great barriers to entry. Um, you know, get it on a boat. Again, that's where your cost savings are going to come in. It's going to help you be able to compete on price uh, and, and retain your margins. Um, and then launch anywhere and everywhere. You know, Amazon's going to be your number one channel, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but get that Shopify store up, throw some listings on, on eBay and walmart.com and jet and, you know, all of these other marketplaces that you can get approved. You know, I, I say go big and, and it really helps establish that brand. I think is, is the best advice I could give. Yeah. Hit that home run. That's what's up, man. I, I dig it. Well, thanks so much for coming on Ryan. If people want to reach out and get in touch, how can they contact you? Um, going through our website, we've got a contact form there, a few different buttons. Uh, we've got live chat, uh, and our phone number is, is on the website as well. It's the best way to reach us. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks again. And I appreciate you coming on. And there you have it. Thanks again for tuning into e-commerce on tap. If you could like subscribe, tell a friend, really spread the word about the information we're getting out there. That would be much appreciated. Also, if you have any manufacturing questions or need help with your manufacturing, feel free to reach out to Sourceify for the fastest growing manufacturing platform, helping hundreds of companies produce products around the world. Thanks again and have a great one.